The last year has forced us to reflect on challenges such as global health and well-being, equity, social justice, and the role that each of us can play in confronting these issues in an increasingly tumultuous world. We're at a pivotal point for equity, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, and we've reached a now or never moment where societal pressures are high, but so too are opportunities to seize the moment. I'm Steve Dunn, and on today's Workday podcast, I'm thrilled to say I'm joined by my workmate, Daniela Poor, to discuss recent research led by Workday that explores some of the cultural differences around belonging, diversity, and inclusion. It also helps us understand how we can learn from one another. Daniela, welcome. It's great to have you on the Workday podcast today. Thanks so much, Steve, and thank you for having me. Great to be here. No, no, thank you. Um, really appreciate your time. I know we've, um, we've got a lot to get through, lots to unpack on the, the show today, <laughs> but I thought we might kick off and start with um, getting a bit of background on you, maybe for our listeners who've uh, not come across you before and your role at Workday. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I'm Daniela. I'm in our solutions team here in Europe. Uh, I'm German based in the Netherlands, and I'm focusing at our HCM solutions uh, here at Workday. And I've been in the HRIT industry for probably close to 20 years, stopped counting. And um, <laughs> maybe that, that explains a little bit why I'm so drawn to the topic of um, diversity and inclusion. Um, as a woman in technology, um, it just is a natural effect almost. So this is why I personally care um, about diversity and inclusion, but um, really across all the dimensions of, of diversity. Yeah. And this is why it's been such a pleasure working on this study. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, I just wanted to kind of kick things off uh, by asking you about belonging and diversity, because it really is a pivotal moment right now, isn't it? You know, tell me about that. Tell me why we decided to publish this research right now. Absolutely. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I really agree. We are at a pivotal point. Um, there has never been a better time to look closer into the topics of diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging. Um, there's a couple of things playing together, um, creating this special moment, this moment of opportunity. So first of all, we've been seeing massive societal change. We've seen movements like Black Lives Matter um, and a big focus also on socioeconomical differences and injustices. Um, and certainly some of these developments are actually accelerated by the pandemic and the current crisis. So moving on from that, at the same time, we are all experiencing, and frankly, some of us are hopefully actively shaping a new changing world of work where old certainties of how we work and where we work and how we interact with each other are all shaken up. So societal change plus new world of work plus digital transformation. Um, it, it is actually at the center of all of these changes with more tools and technologies to get real-time insights to manage and control. This is all at our fingertips. This is a huge opportunity that adds to this moment um, that, that is so special. And at the same time, we are really seeing the business case for EDNI um, becoming clearer and clearer. It has really involved. Um, I personally feel when I talked about diversity maybe five to 10 years ago, I used to spend the first 15, 20 minutes of the discussion justifying the business case, uh, rattling down number after number about how it impacts individual performance, organizational performance, and absenteeism. And all these numbers are there, and they've been proven over and over again. But I feel it has now become mainstream knowledge, and we, we don't have to spend that much time justifying the business case. It has become clear to people that this is just the right thing to do on a business level, but also just on a human level. 
Um, and, and thus the, the function of EDNI is actually evolving and professionalizing. And another thing that we're seeing is it has become a key business topic at the C level, just as any other key topic, just as hybrid work, reskilling, and so many more. This is top of mind. Business success depends on it. I have heard people say that you cannot afford to not invest in EDNI anymore. And I couldn't agree more with them. So it's it's the right thing to do. And all that said, all of that taken into account, we just wanted to learn more. So how are experts seeing this? What do they experience? How do they drive change? And how are our experts all over Europe taking this to the next level, really? And what can we learn from it? Yeah. No, I think that's that's all right. And, you know, as, as you say, it's it's really the perfect storm, you know, all those elements coming together of uh, that you were describing. And you know, there's there's clearly still a lot of work to do. You know, and so thinking about sort of the state of play in Europe with with with, uh, with BDNI. You know, I, I read somewhere, I think according to the UN, you know, globally the gender pay gap still stands at sixteen percent. You know, so effectively means the average woman, mm-hmm. you know, earned eighty four percent of what men do. I think that's that's the stat. So, and you know, even greater gaps for, for women of color, etc. So, you know, what is the state of play in Europe? And, you know, in, in terms of the research, what 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 did we see there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You are very right. There is a lot of work still to do. Um, And and it can actually be hard to prioritize. So if if you're looking at the news, if you're looking at the stats, and you mentioned a couple of good stats there, um, it can actually be overwhelming and hard to prioritize and to decide where to to start or where to continue. Um, In fact, the, the report that we've done, it reflects that there is a lot of activity going on. So um, from the more than 2,200 companies that we queried, more than 90% say that they are running at least one activity in the space of EDNI. That's a lot. That is great and it's something to be celebrated. There are great people doing great work all across Europe. But then if you look at some other answers, it seems like there is... um, an opportunity to take this even further, to take it from a lot of action to strategic and systematic action. Um, the reason I'm saying this is that um, somewhere else in the report, we asked um, how people would describe the level of strategic approach and only 17% said that they actually have a strategy in place. That is a really low number. And you wouldn't expect that and you would you know if you ask people about a key business process like you know running payroll or you know Mm -hmm. paying their vendors and only 70 percent would say oh we have a strategy for that you would be really baffled and we should be just as baffled here so i think our first learning is that there's a lot of great stuff going on but there's an opportunity to um, strategy up (laughs) to to make it more systematic and look for systematic approaches Um, There's a lot of other really encouraging news um, in in the research that that we were able to do. Um, There's a lot of um, cause for hope, really, and celebration um, in other areas. So we looked at um, how do respondents feel their executive leadership looks at this topic. And three and four said that the executives actually seem to see EDNI as important or key. That's great. Uh, two and three have a dedicated person or team focusing on EDNI. And three and four have a dedicated budget for EDNI initiatives. So that is all very encouraging and positive news. But if you look closer, we have way to go. And that's good because we want to continue. Yeah, no, absolutely. The I think you, you touched on some some really good stuff there from a 
you know, sort of a snapshot European perspective, diving into the research itself, any other sort of top line results that really leapt off the page and, and made you sit up and take notes, uh, Daniela? Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably why I love my job so much. It was it was really, really interesting to to be able to um you know go through all of the results and learn so much. Um there are three things that really surprised me and um that I would like to share. The first is um we asked a question that is um we, we asked everybody what do you think is needed to take this to the next level, to take this work, you know, to make further progress on EDNI. And we had a tie-in. 30% said they feel that more leadership and commitment from the top is needed to get to that next level. And 32% felt that greater engagement and buy-in from staff was needed. Now, I'm not surprised that people say we need leadership buy-in. You, you would always see that in, in, in queries and, and surveys like that. But to see that um, at the same level, people are saying we need staff buy-in. You see that this is a difference here. It is so, so important that we take an employee-centric approach. You cannot succeed with EDNI without taking your staff on the journey to truly listen, truly understand their sentiment, and to then be able to build your strategy and link it back to what employees really need and to then be able to communicate um, to convince everybody to, to join on the journey. That seems to be so important here. So this is my first, that was my first aha moment, um, the, the employee buy-in and employee centricity. Um, and it, it, it reflects how we see this work at Workday. So that, that has been encouraging to see. The second one is a little different. This is about um, uh, how all of this is budgeted and, budgeted and financed. Um, and in fact, we see... 36% of respondents who say that they plan to um, increase their financial investment in EDNI, and 42 women maintain it at the same level of investment. So, all in all, that is more than 70% who are planning to actually consistently work on it or increase financial investment. And that is despite the um, fact that we are currently certainly in interesting economical times. Yeah. Um, so, this is not going away. Um, it's evolving into a key business area of focus, and it's treated as such. And that is really, really encouraging to see it move to the heart of the business. You want to hear the third one too? I do indeed. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting here with bated breath for number three. <laughs> okay, number three is about people. Uh, that's always good. So um, this is about how how our EDNI team set up for success and budgets and finance is one thing. The other one is how do they how are they embedded in the organization? And we ask about you know how many people do you have in, uh, in your EDNI teams and where do they report? And we found a link between um, where those cross functional uh, sorry where those EDNI teams sit and how well. Um, they impact the organization. And I already said it, if we see cross-functional teams, um, they seem to create a bigger link, a stronger link to innovation, business results, outcomes, and staff engagement. Mm. Um, and we also see budgets increasing. So there seems to be a learning here that when you create your team and create in a cross-functional way so that it is embedded in the organization, um, it will perform in a different way and will, will carry more impact. Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. I love the part particularly about, you know, you, you, sp you spoke at the start about, you know, the, the importance of the business case. And now you've just sort of reiterated the fact that businesses are, you know, 70 plus percent of businesses there, 
um, who responded said, you know, that it's, mm-hmm. it's an ongoing area that they're looking to invest in. And that's, that's hugely important. So really, really interesting there. Um, Absolutely. And it seems it, it really does seem to stay. So that's great to see. Yeah. Well, that, that, that kind of neatly sort of segues into, because you did discuss briefly, uh, you alluded to the to the pandemic. We, we can't really do a, a podcast and talk about this without talking about the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic to some extent. Um, hopefully we're, we're starting to see the the emergence from from that in some in most parts of, of the world and particularly in some parts of Europe, you know, from the COVID-19 pandemic. And employee well-being has, has sort of been at the heart of that, hasn't it? You know, employers focusing on um, looking after their their workforce, which obviously makes a lot of sense. You know, for, how do we think about that from an EDI perspective? How are businesses dealing with that, and, and what did we find in the research around that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we did find that it is absolutely um, intertwined, interlinked. Um, so when we asked for key drivers, key business drivers to invest in EDI, uh, employee well-being was actually the strongest uh, key driver identified by with more than forty percent. Um, and and frankly. That did not surprise me, and because, as you said, during these times, employee well-being really became so important. And at the core of it, employee well-being is linked to physical, mental, and financial security, and a sense of belonging. And belonging is an intertwined part of this work. Um, mm-hmm. you, you cannot create a truly inclusive workplace if you don't care at the core of um, your people feeling like they belong to your company and can be who they are with their full being. So it makes a lot of sense. And I I really do think that the last year and a half almost um, has has changed us. So while we all went home or whoever could went home, we also became closer and we, we could get a glimpse into other people's lives and Zoom windows and Teams windows, and um, we we had to care, and HR um, and business uh, people had to care about their people. And risk assessments made it clear that some employees were more more vulnerable <laughs> vulnerable than others. Yeah. Um, and all of that really just come together. And it's one of these things where I'm thinking, looking at all the data and insight available to us in this report. All in all, I really think there's very clear evidence that employee well-being matters and it's really intertwined with EDI. And and that is probably true for a lot of other areas. EDI isn't a standalone siloed thing that you do. It needs to be seen as part of business, as part of caring for your employees, as inter- intertwined with so many other things that matter. Yeah, no, that's a great response. I, the- the thing that really sort of caught my eye, um, you know, from a from a workday perspective, given that we're a tech company, um, and one of the things that when I looked at the research that struck me was the importance of data in driving understanding around um, EDI. You know, so can you talk to me a little bit about the importance of data and and, and what the research found in that area as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we we really did want to focus on that because we we're hearing from our customers that. This is such a key part in getting it right. And you're, you're true. This is indeed key to the success of EDNI um, initiatives. Um, it's been said that you cannot change what you cannot measure. And that is just absolutely true. So we looked at this and we asked a couple of questions. And I found it 
actually surprisingly positive that um, uh, three quarters of our respondents said that they trusted their data and believe it to be complete, reliable and actionable. Um, and th that's great. But at the same time, when we looked at some other responses, it became clear that many are actually not monitoring many of the different aspects of diversity. So I'm sitting here wondering, you know, maybe um, we have to look at this with, um, with a very clear look and say, well, we might have some data that we believe to be reliable, but is it really complete? Mm. Um, and fundamentally, especially in mainland Europe, there, there are two values that, that companies need to figure out and that need to bring into balance. The first is data privacy. The data we're talking about is highly sensitive and highly private. Um, and, and we need to value that. We need to value data privacy, but we also need to value the drive for change in EDNI. So companies are on this journey to figure out, um, you know, compliance and data privacy versus getting an evidence-based approach to EDNI. Mm. Um, there are a lot of companies having compliance concerns, um, but actually I was surprised it was a little bit lower than I, I was thinking at about 30, 20, 25%. But even where compliance concerns are high, um, in some countries it's higher than in others, even there, 50% of respondents have said they find a way to store at least some EDNI data in their HR records. So they're it is perceived as a struggle mm. um, to, to deal with data, but there's ways to do it. And it seems like the, the profession is um, getting there. Um, and we're also finding that a very, very good way to tune in and get to this evidence-based approach is to focus on employee sentiment. So many are carrying out um, some sort of sentiment survey, some uh, really to, to get insight on, on belonging. And they are coupling that with employee-led networks, EGs, or belonging councils. So that is probably a, a strong lesson here. There is a lot to be done. And while it's sometimes challenging, it can be done. Yeah, that, that all makes a lot of sense. You know, we, we've obviously had a lot of guests on the show talking about you know, how they're managing data and how they're storing data, particularly sensitive HR data. So I think yeah. you know, against the backdrop of, um, you know, of, of diversity and EDI more broadly, I think it's a, a hugely important topic to, to talk about, which yeah. which I guess, you know, sort of segues into something you, you were talking about earlier, Daniel, which is, you know, we've, we're seeing investment, we're seeing a lot of willingness from organizations to embrace EDI. So I think a lot of businesses out there will be at the very sort of found, founda foundations of, you know, setting EDI programs in, EDI programs in place. But they might still be asking about, you know, how do we actually get started? You know, what are the things that they should be doing and focusing on as they look to to improve and, and establish that? What what would you say to, to those sort of organisations, and how can they take those first tentative steps towards EDNI? Absolutely, I, I I totally agree. This is this is a journey, and uh, I would say based on the research, but also on the conversations that we are having with many of our customers, there are a couple of things to to take into consideration. Whether you're at the beginning of your journey or you know. It's fairly in the middle of it. Um, it. It can also be good to to take a step back and reflect. So, based on the research, we're thinking 
that um, the first area, and I've said it a couple of times, to look at is to, to really reflect on how employee-centric your EDNI strategy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, really understanding stuff, sentiment, belonging sentiment, well-being, engagement, truly listen to your employees, whether that's via employee councils or continuous listening tools. Um, to then be able to link your strategic goals back to these needs. And to also, when you then communicate to your staff, to get that ever-important staff buy-in, to be able to link your communication back to what you heard in terms of employee needs. That seems to be very, very important um, to have that employee-centric piece. The second part is um, to to probably review how embedded EDNI is across the company. I, I spoke earlier about um, cross-functional teams and how they have a strong impact. Mm. Um, so it's it's worth looking at. You know, are there people outside of the EDNI team who are talking about this regularly? Um, have you have you built that? cross-functional team? Are you regularly bringing people in um, with, with their needs and fresh ideas? And do you have communication structures in place to, to ensure this is regularly shared? Um, so that, that seems to be the second one, really embedded cross-functionally across the company. And then the third, um, you, you, you hit on it earlier um, with your question, uh, how holistic is your view of EDNI data? Are there any unseen areas? Um, can you really measure what you need to achieve progress? Um, are you making the best use of your data? Um, are you are you having real-time data and, and sentiment data? Um, all of that stuff as an evidence-based, holistic um, view of data as a foundation of this work. And two more things, and I, I said this in the beginning, the piece of looking at systematic action rather than any action almost. So... <laughs> Can you link? Can you link your action to, to your strategy? Can you actually uh, formulate uh, an area or a, a systematic approach and uh, continue to improve that approach? So that that is something that we're seeing a lot of companies taking very seriously. And last but not least, technology. I would say that's the fifth area. Um, what are you using today? What are additional use cases that could be beneficial in the future? Are you really making the best out of it? Um, can you link it back to the goals that you have formulated in that systematic approach? Um, that That is probably something that people are saying would make their lives easier. Many, many are saying specifically with the data um, challenge that we hit on um, earlier, many said that they are looking for tools to make it easier to manage the data. Right. Yeah. So that's probably an opportunity and a consideration to take to take on. Yeah, it's a, it's a great answer. It's really nice, concise look at you know some of the tangible steps businesses can actually take around EDNI. So thanks for that. It's it it also kind of on your last point around technology sort of leads in nicely into our wrap up, which is talking actually talking about workday vibe, um, our own unique approach um, around belonging and diversity, and what we we do as an organization. Um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about how we share our best practices and methodologies with our customers and partners around um, what we obviously uh, call Workday Vibe? Sure, I sure can. So uh, you mentioned it at Workday, the Vibe, um, that stands for we value inclusion, belonging and equity for all. So this, this term was coined by our chief diversity officer, Karen Taylor. And 
really our approach here is twofold. So first of all, of course, we are a company with wonderful employees. So internally, we are we are striving for that employee-centric approach. Um, so we are working with our employee belonging councils um, across the globe, uh, and we have many more initiatives. Um, we are squarely putting our, our workmates in the center of this work. But then the second part of it is in working with our customer community, community and in partnering up with Karen Taylor, our chief diversity officer, we actually created our Vibe solution. That's part of Workday HCM. And that helps us and our customers to understand outcomes, really across hiring, promotions, leadership, and attrition. Where are we standing and where do we need to focus next? Um, and then use measurements to surface these areas that need improvement and then focus on it, understand why they are looking like this. So outcomes and the indicators, why are things looking as they are mm -hmm. and how can I improve them? And then going into that systematic action all across HCM, really from recruiting to development to succession planning and really promoting diversity. It's a, it's a virtual cycle that we can create across outcomes, indicators and actions. And thus, it helps us and our customers drive for lasting change. This is one of those topics that we could talk about all day, Daniela, but it's, that's kind of all we, we have could. <laughs> So we're probably going to do this again really soon. But um, thanks for joining me um, today on the, on the show. Really appreciate your time, Daniela. Thank you so much, Steve, for the great talk. Thank you. No worries. And if you, uh, if you enjoyed the show and you want to learn more about the research project we've just been talking about, you can find the link in the synopsis for this podcast on both SoundCloud and Spotify. Uh, you can also read about it at blogs.workday.com. Um, until next time, have a great work day.